G'day, thanks so much for buying our preview edition, Caulfield Guineas Day, one of the iconic days of Australian racing. Before we look forward and try and help you find some winners, let's look back at some of the greats of this iconic race. Still Star Spangle Banner at the 100 metres from Carrara Manhattan Rain. They're not going to get him. Star Spangle Banner all the way over. All Too Hard's got his chance. He's coming with momentum. Piero has to fight. All Too Hard's grabbed him. And All Too Hard has won it. But the Autumn Sun goes to the lead at the 200 metres, puts up a length and a half, two legs, Vasilator, and extends the Autumn Sun, three or four legs in front, a serious racehorse, the Autumn Sun blazes in spring. Animo moves up boldly though, Artorias is out late but it's too late, Animo and Captive on stride for stride, Animo the stronger, Animo won the guineas. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And that's got us rocking and rolling. Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals Audio Course, of course, courtesy of Racing.com. Fantastic race calls over the years. Greg Miles and, of course, Matty Hill. Morning, Vince. Good morning, Rolfie. I can't help but say we live in, in the golden state. Are we living in the golden state? That's all I have to say. Well, absolutely. Uh, if you're dealing with a poor old mess in, in weather up north, but uh, but being good enough to get out work, hopefully we can uh, provide you plenty of winners <laughs> while you try to stay dry. Yep. Um, we, we'll. Uh, this is, of course, on the Friday morning. We record this at uh, ten past six. All our information is as up to date as we can make it. The uh, we will, of course, have a Sunday update for you on these four races and the entire card tomorrow. So let's have a look. We'll go in uh, in. Chronological order: three great races to uh, to kick off the Group One season of the Quaddy. Um, but beforehand, Vince, looks like we're going to get a bit of rain today. What's your mindset leading into this meeting? Well, yesterday, when just or in preparation for this morning, we well, pretty much was just working through the first cut. Being at least you got to be able to see what your quality is like, what your distance capability is like. Not putting a big emphasis around the, whether you can or can't handle the, the conditions that may come up. But this morning. Just as a measurement, just when we do our work now, I have put the slow toggle on because we do we are expecting some rain. So we, we want to just make sure the horses that we're communicating about have that capability of handling the wet ground. Now, to what degree, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what may transpire during the course of the day in terms of how much rain comes down. Sure. So it's a mindset of, of slow track, 
you know, yep. tomorrow look, looks like it's going to be a clear day. But if uh, if we have to update our thoughts from that perspective as well, of course, we will in the morning post scratchings. Oh. Let's have a look at the might and power. There's a fair old horse, Vince, wasn't he? So oh. over 2,000 metres. Look, let's have a the, the market expectation of these eight horses is that six of them are winning chances. A couple of them are double-figure odds in Moanga and Mr. Brightside. The favourite is the rock star Animo uh, from Zaki. I'm Thunderstruck and Alligator Blood is pretty much the market order. Let's start with a favourite, Vince, and I'm looking at your at your um, the uh, Excel spreadsheet that you've sent me here. This is unusual. So class-wise, we know he, he, is a, he is a serious horse. He's won his two starts in uh, in Sydney leading in, but I'm looking at that early speed. This is very rare to see a horse uh, favourite, such deep favourite for a Group 1 race off absolute walks leading in. Yeah, well, the thing is, it doesn't look like it's going to be much faster either. Right, so and that would help him, yeah? Oh, well, the step up to the 2,000 metres, just its natural speed has the horse placed first three in running. Beautiful. So a small inside barrier, he just, he just lands there, doesn't he? He's just going to land there, tagging that lead pack, and pretty much James is going to be able to dictate as it wishes in terms of uh, race shape. And even if they want to accelerate, it's still almost impossible to see the horse further back than third position, maybe fourth position, and how far can you be from the leader? You're either going to be two lengths or you're going to be six. It's probably going to be futile. It wouldn't matter. That, that's a nice little confidence builder, Lee. You can do what you're about to say. But firstly, let's be, let me ask you, what has he done in these two Group 1 wins in Sydney leading in? Well, of course, this is an important aspect, isn't it, Ralphie, about what does it mean in terms of what it's done leading in. If we look at... The last performance on the 17th of the 9th, overall score from an IVR point of view was a plus 2.7, second best of the day. The start before first up was 2.8, best of the day. And again, like you touched on, Ralphie, there was never any speed pressure through the, the first section. I mean, last start it was 15.4 lengths below benchmark, and that was virtually identical to its first up run. So it hasn't had to do a lot from that perspective. But the mid-race squeezes have been honest, Ralphie, right? So there's been good uh, performance moves in the mid-race, which is really important to at least get that solid base of conditioning and give us the insight about how well the horse is trending. Of course, I, I must say I was a little bit disappointed after I, I... I did receive an email, but I looked at the visuals on the Sunday morning and noticed that, yeah, the horse was limping and... It, got back lane three of five i don't know what impact that has so on the surface level if there's no impact there's no matter what we do is if we look at the historical profile of this horse over 2000 meters and what the horse has done i could not mark this horse one millimeter less than 5.9 above benchmark and that's me giving it the lowest possible score for this race well if he does that, how does he lose? Well, it's more like this. If the horse doesn't have any issues with the lameness and yes. it's fine, rock solid, the horse should start at dollar ten, and they're just not going to get close. <laughs> okay. So the, the two 2,000-metre runs he's had to start his prep, so, of course, he edited the Queen Elizabeth and he was, he was out of sorts to finish it in the autumn, but the two runs... Cox Plate, beating the nose, <laughs> you know, you, you can argue about the produce all you like, and the Rosal Giddy, which he won by six and a half legs. So that's his two starting off points of the 2,000 metres. Both were fourth up, here he's, here he's third up. 
Yeah, well, so this is the this is the other the flip side. Let's say the horse had that lameness flares up again, right? Yep. And that would mean I could probably downgrade its score all the way right back to about a two point eight. Yep. And therefore, then it's only a genuine top three chance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to laugh, but that's the reality. Like, you know, worst case scenario, it's still top three. All right. So that's the confidence you got in the horse, Zaki. Well, we mentioned about a slow lead in. Uh, Lead in. That's what he had leading into Sandown. He had he had a nothing lead in run with uh, with no tempo at all. It was a bottomless uh, Randwick tracker, and on the day, of course, was Mad Leader Bias as well. He he won that. Came down to Sandown, and he had a race. Alligator Blood put it to him, and he busted him open. Alligator Blood was terrific in the Underwood over eighteen hundred meters. Zaki tapered to third. Mawanga second. I'm Thunderstruck fourth. <laughs> Mister Brightside fifth. So all the other chances ran in the Underwood. So let's make it nice and easy for you, Vince. Uh, let's say Animo is a bit below his best. Um, what type of race are you setting it up for as far as the other chances? Well, firstly, let's look. if we're looking at Zaki, for instance, Ralphie, which is probably a, a, a very good horse to work with. And we know that it's, you know, a very accomplished horse at 2,000 metres and has the absolute capability of running sort of low threes, which is... Pretty much where I've scored the horse at the moment, around 3.3 lengths above IVR benchmark, to potentially somewhere around maybe 4.1, 4.2. So this is a good profile for this horse, very strong profile. Of course, rain, rain conditions will have some impact on this horse's profile in terms of performance. It can handle some wet ground. So I'm, I'm certainly not sitting here at the moment saying if we just stay on a S5, S6, which is most likely... I would assume the worst case scenario right now, this would not be a, a dramatic impact for the horse. And positioning running, well, it's not going to be anything sillier than second. Now, would Jamie Carr want to take on Alligator Blood Leewise? Oh, she's such an intelligent rider. She's going to obviously allow the horse to roll forward. And the natural position indicates second position. That's what I'm assuming most likely will happen, and there'll be no real sort of reefing. But the other interesting thing is, Ralphie, on the Rappo platform, I'll, we've just sort of introduced the live mounting yard reporting. And, and the good thing about this is, not whilst I'm not, you know, I, I like to sort of listen to a whole lot of things race morning in terms of, you know, when they're parading and look at it with my own eyes, even though it's through the TV screen. But what was good to see is that they... they they had this horse very forward from a yard point of view, and and then there's a score that comes out, and and I looked at the score, and it comes up with a figure seventy two. I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly what that means just now because I'm only just starting to use it, but I compare it to previous campaigns, and this is sort of indicating that at at its absolute peak it was somewhere around eighty six score wise, and therefore it does really mean this horse is going to improve another length, Ralphie, and, and it's important for me to sort of get that clarity on this horse because I know this is a lean horse. that It comes to, to play very forward in condition and therefore there may not be a lot of improvement, but it's good to know that on the scorecard, even from a yard, mounting yard point of view, there is room for at least another length of improvement. So I, I do have an expectation this horse could leapfrog into the fours and gets the golden run. There's no no way this horse is going to have a bad run in transit. 
All right, well, Alligator Blood and I'm Thunderstruck. There was a nose between him in that fantastic Maccabi uh, at Sandown. On to better going, uh, Tim Clark took up the lead and took it up at a, at a pace. Uh, you know, visually, you're thinking, well, did he get a soft lead? That certainly wasn't the case in the data. That left on Thunderstruck, just he, he just couldn't make that ground. They both stepped to 2,000. There's probably queries on both for different reasons. How are you assessing their chances? Well, firstly, with Alligator Blood, no matter how I looked, I went back and had another... Yeah, I, I watched the, the replay itself two or three more times, just went through the numbers again and really wanted to crystallise. Tim Clark, I wasn't 100% happy with the ride. He won the race, right? Yep. And what I mean by I'm not 100% happy with the ride, that mid-race slowdown did create a little bit of an illusion. 2.8 length mid-race slowdown. If, if he does that tactic here, that'll, be, that'll work against him. I'm actually very confident the horse will get 2,000 metres. And if yep. he allows just the horse just to stride in its natural way and not look for these anchor moves, right? This is not going to be an easy horse to run down because the only horse that I'm certain that will run it down is Animo, right? Yep. I don't know if anyone else can run it down in the race. But if he gets too pretty and looks for a big <laughs> hijack in the mid-race and let's say something's a lot more savage than what we we seen last start, then it could mean the difference between running second or fifth. So this is a dual question then, because Moonga's beaten 0.8 of length. I assume you're going to say that's an illusion because he didn't suffer a mid-race slowdown, that's, but it also means he's trending in a good way. He is trending in a good way. He's trending right up to his profile in terms of peak performance. Again, I was just looking at the mounting yard. There's no doubt there's more to come with this horse. And I, I could have a level of confidence that this horse is going to trend without a shadow of doubt somewhere marginally above three lengths above benchmark. Is this horse a bullet at 2,000 metres? I don't think so. But the race shape's going to keep him in the race. As in it, a slow, slowish building tempo. Oh, absolutely, because you need that dominant mile profile, particularly yeah. with the way I'm forecasting this shape. So what it does is it actually helps both Mawunga and I'm Thunderstruck and even Bright, Mr. Brightside to a certain extent, right? Those horses will all be aided by the softer pace. The problem is they're not in the same class as Animo. That's the problem for all of them, by the way, all of them. <laughs> right. So, you know, well, I'll, I'll just I'll just say we can say we've finished off and completed the race. The one point with Mr. Brightside, when he won at Moody Valley, uh, the, he had the invisible hurdles in front of him, minus 16.5 lead speed. So he had to deal with significantly faster tempo, even allowing for the good track at Sandown. Can that bring him to his top? But and equally, is it does there remain a question about him at two thousand? Yeah, perfectly summed up, Rolf. Okay, there's there's no question about that. There was the, even for me, like I was pretty excited about what the prospect of Mr. Brightside could be because I'm I was looking at a number of these horses, saying, you know, what's the real Cox Plate possibility? And I was keen to see what this runner was going to do. And there it is. Unfortunately, what you said was right, Ralphie. The big slow pace into a turnaround race with high speed did did make this horse run flat and give this uh, visuals on maybe it's not going to be any good at 2,000. And the reality is I don't believe that answer's uh, been rubber stamped. Maybe the horse will have a challenge at 2,000, but we're not going to find out, I don't think, on the weekend for any of these horses. All right. So in summation, your Friday morning thoughts is it's about Animo's health. If he's health and at his best, he wins. I wins by five. Okay, let's hope so. <laughs> we don't sit on the fence here. We uh, tell it as it is, but we let, let the numbers speak for themselves. The Caulfield Guineas, well, um, I think I've been doing this with you for about 10 years, not necessarily these podcasts, but been working with you for 10 years. Every year, Vince, there's a horse, horses that come down from the uh, from the Golden Rose have had a real race. 
And it's a, it's a real challenge for the Melbourne horses to be good enough. And it's seemingly the case here with Golden Mile. I'm looking at your uh, at your totem pole, if you like. Golden Mile on top. Mullane at huge odds second. And they're both through this uh, Golden Rose. Yeah. Hmm. I was initially I was obviously extremely excited about Golden Mile. Firstly, when we talk about race shape, good speed. It's not going to be brutal like we have seen in the years gone by from a Guineas where they could possibly go plus six to ten. We have seen some of these races, Ralphie, over the last ten years where they go at that brutal nature and they maintain it in the mid. Whilst I am forecasting a good race shape, probably somewhere around plus three might be more realistic, which is still solid, and it's going to affect a lot of horses, Ralphie. My only worry that I have just right now with a whole group of these runners is what's the real ta- tactical capability in the wet ground, and how much could that soften them late if you know they're fighting fit and they're going to go at a good pace, is that going to create some issues around the last 400 metres? Putting that aside, class-wise, I have no doubt that Golden Mile is a far superior horse to this competition. But he's going to come back a little bit, I feel, with the ground conditions and the tempo of the race, If, if particularly if we're, like, worse than S6. So it, it's um, we, we discussed this, I think, on, the, on our um, Monday pod, I looked at the market movement on Golden Mile, and it was, it was just a bit soft for a horse who had such a terrific lead-in run. But then I'm looking, well, the well-back favourite was in secret, the stable mate. Caulfield in his grand final, surely. And that and tell us about the race-to-race exertion, because he, he had to go significantly fast the last start, but that can bring him to his top, can't it? Yeah, well, he, this this is the beauty again, rapper, uh, Ralph. You're looking at the rapper, right? Well, two starts back to 3.2 lengths below benchmark versus last start. 3.6, but then you have a look at the margin gains, right? This is another significant insight, right? Two starts back, the the, the, the margin at the game was 9.8 lengths versus last start, only one point, actually lost 1.1 lengths because of positioning running, right? So the reality is this, there's no doubt the horse did feel the effects of the, of the run from the perspective they went too hard through the first section, which which was really out of character for, for me if I'm sitting back and looking at it from the grandstand saying, why, why such a high exertion? Could that be for what you say? What's the purpose? The purpose is to try and win this race. Yep. So trying to trying to pick apart, trying to find some elite talent, I was really struggling. Now, that doesn't mean there, there won't be any there, but something has to really elevate. But as I said, the second on your, on your totem pole is Mullane. And one thing we did see when he ran third to Giga Kick, that was an unusual uh, tempo 1100. That was, they just walked in the first 400, but we saw a booming last 400 and the second best last 800, 600, 400, and 200 of the day. Yeah, and this sort of does crystallize the level of capability this horse has. And then I look at the last start run, I actually felt that there was such a solid grounding run. Firstly, to first time above benchmark, I know it's a lightly raced horse, but still, to go almost a length above benchmark, that's a test within itself, particularly when you haven't been anywhere near that speed. I mean, the closest the horse had gotten to that speed was the start before, and that's like four lengths slower, Ralphie. And then in the mid-race, that subtle slowdown, it's not a lot, but when you're going that fast for the first time and then you've got to put the brakes on and lose a couple lengths, it does stifle your kick late, but it still managed to break benchmark. And, and when I say break benchmark, I was looking specifically at the last 200 metres where it went 1.2. And then 
I wanted to look at the the yard report, and there it is, a good solid yard report. The, even the numbers that it returned, like an eighty-seven point five score, very strong. Giving all the indicators, this horse is going to be right at its top. And I, I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. Is that right? Somewhere twenty dollars plus. Twenty six dollars is the best available as we speak. Uh, that's probably me sort of thinking. Do the bookmakers really know what's going on? <laughs> well. Uh, and I just had a look at, uh, I know stats are always static, but I just had a look at this Peter Moody, <laughs> the, the the big fellas back in town. These stats with runners in the market are through the roof. Yeah, absolutely through the roof. And then uh, even again, Ralphie, I look at the, you know, like at Rose Hill in that last run, I mean, where it came from, you know, pretty much lane three or pretty much most of the way, and then it started to shift out, and it ended up like in lane 10 over the last sort of 200 to the finish line. Just so much to like about the run. So the, what's the challenge? The challenge is, what does this mean on a wet track? I guess we can probably have more clarity tomorrow morning, Ralphie, about whether we still keep it there or not. But right now, I can't see how I'm going to remove this horse because you don't know if it can or can't. Even. This horse could be a five-length superior horse on wet ground. What did you take out of that wet, wet track run at Mooney Valley? Well, WTI... Was just a one point one, so I couldn't read into it in a negative way. Yeah. Of course, if we look at the way how soft it was over the last four hundred meters, it was like well off what it's capable of doing. But how much did that have to do with the run before Ralphie, where it went ten point two above last four hundred meters? That would have had some impact, and there was a, a lot faster. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And also covered ground on a day where where the fence was really on. So uh, th- there's the case there for a $26 shot. Okay, second favourite for the race is Berkeley Square. It's got the uh, it's got got the the best of the Melbourne form. It's uh, one of four uh, three of its four starts. When it ran here at Caulfield it was probably its 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 real uh, display of talent. And I'll, I'll qualify that by saying it was the best last 400 and 200 of the day. When it's won at Flemington, it hasn't really had an opportunity to show its best. It had a bludge out in front, and then last start, it was in all sorts of traffic after being slowly away, and Craig Williams pulled off a miracle. What do you think his true level of capabilities are? Because overall, he hasn't done an overall figure of, uh, of note. No. Well, last start, you can see the victory there. Really only had to do what it needed to do. And, of course, in soft ground conditions for sure we're heavy somewhere near that anyway definitely on the slow side at the start before again there's no visuals on what it can do i can only my real gauge is what it did first up caulfield even though it was a minus five overall i was looking at the momentum flow and what the velocity changes were through each of the sections soft speed first section Good performance, going almost 12 below, made a nice move in the mid-race of around five lengths. The last 400 was where all the power was, plus 2.6. Then I go look at those micro splits, and it sort of indicated to me that the ride was really well balanced, and therefore not giving a signal that you're going to be a superstar stepping up beyond a distance of 1,400 metres. But of course, there's nothing to indicate the horse can't handle this mile race, and and you know this horse is going to be able to at least get through some soft ground. It's just it's just a runner that has to be given the opportunity to see if he can break benchmark. And I, I assume that's the same case with a horse like Tier One. It won the start, just had nothing on the clock, but here, here he is as a five as a five start horse, three wins and, and two placings, and probably hasn't had the opportunity to really show his best. But at, at, at the moment, there's just nothing on the clock. No, and the big key will be what. 
Zara does with the runner through that first section. Given that it's going to be a go-forward horse, the high probability of above tempo, because there's just going to be some natural creation of pace, what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to burn a bit more fuel than what you'd like to do because you can't dictate on your own? If they can get that balance through that first section where they can just soften it enough to say, okay, we're not going to go real hard, because it is later in the day, Ralphie. A lot of riders would have had so many opportunities and they, they get a bit more comfortable. Maybe there won't be the overextension, right? And if that doesn't happen, then the horse's chances will be elevated. But if it does, I'd be pretty negative. Uh, well, I, I keep scratching my head because I'm trying to find out where, where there's got to be horses that are, that are genuine chances. So you've got Floyd to stand at $26 in, in, your, in your grid. Make a case for it one way or the other. <laughs> Uh, we're just going around in circles because okay. the Golden Miles is way too good. Uh, we, know we mustn't ignore the basic principles of A, doing our form, B, being professional in what we do. We're talking about this just to add a bit of colour and add a little bit of more content. But me, from a business point of view, I'm not even looking at anything else. They're all rubbish for me, right? It's just yep. going to get back down to the day. If the ground conditions are fine, Golden Miles is just a clear-cut standout. We've cut the bullshit. Let's get to uh, the Turak handicap. Well, again, since I've been working with you, uh, very, very rarely do they run this slowly. And by the look of some of these odd paces in the uh, in this race, uh, I, I certainly thought there was going to be good good forecast speed. What's uh, what's your thoughts on that now that you've, uh, you've had a chance to put it through your grid? Well, the good news is. Good tempo is definitely going to be there because there's going to be enough horses going forward to create that speed, and that's what it's about. It's not going to give anybody the opportunity to bludge up front and say, I can dictate and control. Of course, maybe the ground conditions on the day may have other thoughts for riders, but right now, you've got a bunch of horses wanting to go forward. Military Express, Buffalo... Uh, River, they they definitely go forward horses. Gentleman Raw really isn't a horse that's going to sit back and just pretend to watch everything. Even Tulavala, is that how you pronounce it? Tuvalu, yeah. yeah, Tuvalu is going to be another horse that wants wants to go forward. So good pace. I'm forecasting definitely anywhere on the low benchmark plus one on the high maybe plus four. So this is going to be a good speed race. So a good speed race. Um, what that tells you usually is if you've got a good horse who won't be part of that lead speed, you want him to be drawn out wide. Now, that's where I wish I win Will is, is drawn. We stamped him as a potential star. That, flat, that first up Caulfield win was something unbelievable, Vince, because we, we had a nice little apples-to-apples apples comparison, just take yes. away your IVR platform. It was as good as the, as the Memsey on the same day, Group 1. Uh, absolutely. No question about it. <laughs> Again, this is uh, one you can get the big white piece of paper out and you can draw all these circles, and most <laughs> of them go in the rubbish bin, right? Right. Because it's all about where this horse is headed. Because you, it, it's got this competition. On IVR figures, yes, it's just balancing up in line with the others. Because we haven't seen the full potential yet, and that's the challenge, right? Is how you're going to score where it's at. Now, I already can see from the last start run just what happened between the four and the two with the slowdown, losing about one point two off solid pace. That also has challenges when you have to be faced with that, and then actually accelerate. That's that's. <laughs> That's not that's not a simple thing to do from that perspective. And this just sort of indicates to me that you've got at least the length. On the visuals, yes, you look like it's even more than that, but this is a runner that they've all this is the one they've all got to beat. And maybe it might come back to the field a little bit if it gets really wet, maybe. But oh I'm gonna be brave to go against this horse. 
What's the trend line on his improvement since he's gone to Peter Moody from what he was doing in New Zealand? Yeah. Well, okay. From when I look at New Zealand versus here, the horse has already improved three. Well, there's a start. <laughs> yeah. And, and and when we look run to run, yep. there's no way this horse is not going to be better suited over more ground. All the indicators are that actually was a bit of a negative going 14 back to 13. And the horse still did what it did. Best last eight hundred of the day. Yeah, and he, and he improved on the on its performance from one point nine to two point seven. So there's a length there. The split timing between the four and the two also indicate that it, I can rubber stamp that length. So from my graph and the trend line, Ralphie, I'm pinning this horse somewhere between three and a half and four and a half. That's that's my expectation. I suppose there's two questions here about the um, about others to consider if you want to consider others, and that is slow track or. You know, the, the worst side of slow or the better side of slow. So I'll just ask you an either or, particularly for those who like taking multis. You, you've made a clear case that I wish I win is well entitled to be short favourite, dominant yes. favourite. Let's say if it's on the worst side of slow, does that mean that call sign Mav might get out to a silly price due, due to its, uh, in quotation marks, top weight? Oh, but I didn't even know it was top weight. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, there it is, number one. Sorry, Ralph, I do know that. My mistake. Uh, that's, yeah, <laughs> definitely my mistake, absolutely. The run was big yeah. last start. This this is ridiculous. I'm not. I don't have an expectation this horse is going to win, right? But I have an expectation this horse is going to be very competitive and it's going to be in the finish. And twenty six dollars. That's stupid. I mean, who's 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 marking up the prices because they got that wrong. This horse single digits. Absolutely. That's just on the last start. The horse should be single digit odds. So well, well, what are they scoring on? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. What are they scoring on? Well, I, I well, I think it's his weight, but also um, oh, okay, I, I'm sorry. very confident that this was his target race. That because of the uh, deluge that hit Caulfield that day, that it, it ended up being the bonus win on the way through. This is what he's been set for the mile. Yeah, and then okay, well, let's you know for the way fanatics, right? Which is fair enough. I, I respect that because everyone yeah, has. It, yeah. <laughs> well, I respect it in the sense that everybody has their own style, right? Yes. Yes. So I'm just being form student to form student. Highest winning weight, 63 kilos. So is it a big weight? I don't know. I'm confused. Yep. It's five kilos less, right? There we are. So how's, why is it $26? Oh, they must think that maybe this horse is going to run like it did at Mooney Valley back in October last year over 2040 when it got beaten 14 lengths because that that's all I can think of. Or, or maybe Flemington last campaign over 2,000 metres. But what's this race? This is a 1,600-metre race. What did it do at Caulfield, this track and distance, last campaign? 2.7. Yeah, beating a lip. On a, on a, on firm track. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm confused. Right. So, have it in your thoughts either. Whatever the track condition is, yep. th- th- there is a there is a genuine query on on the uh, that Sandown form. I, I say this from, uh, from a perspective of that was a very firm track. So, I suppose it's a dual question here. And when I say the Sandown form, there's Gentleman Roy, military expert, pinstripe. Let's let's bracket them and uh, your expectations either raw, firm or, or, or soft. Okay. It won't so, be firm, but, you know, like on the better side of... Like, so, what, what's the challenges from the Sandown profile? Well, as in Gentleman Roy uh, on... I, don't, I think he's a bit of an unknown on soft ground. Right. Okay. All right. So, all we can really do is we can go to the Mooney Valley run back in... January of this year, yep, where the track profile came up negative ten point six on the raws, which yep. means you know there's given the ground. You've got to be somewhere around S five. I'm not. I'm, 
you know, maybe on the better side of S6, but you're definitely 100% in the S5 range heading towards S6. And there's the WTF, 5.2. So this horse is going to handle that sort of ground conditions. And then in terms of quality of strength from the performance from Sandown, I mean, the horse returned to an IVR figure of 0.8. But if you go into the Rappo on the Matrix, Ralphie, where it does a cross-sectional analysis, looking at that field that day and the six lead-up runs, the figure's coming out saying that it's somewhere closer to 1.3. So I could have underscored that horse's performance by half a length, therefore giving me a good level of confidence that this horse is trending in one direction, upwards. Of course, are you going to hit a 2.4? It's like what you said, Ralphie. If the track stays just S5 and we don't get much worse than S6, you've got to keep it on side. You can't sit there and say, no, can't handle it. It's just problem is if you're going to have the class to match, I wish I wish. Probably not. <laughs> uh, again, we were talking from Multi's perspective. Military expert ran second to him. He was fantastic at Mooney Valley to start prior, and that was on genuinely soft ground. So probably conditions-wise, uh, and I'm not knocking Gentleman Roy at all, but that maybe there's an every chance that Military Expert can bounce back to, to his very best. Well, Military Expert, the one thing that it has in its favour and it can make it some sort of a contest to I wish, I wish, is it's got a rock-solid WTI of plus 10.5. So if you're on S5 ground, this horse going to love that. So the slower, the better for it. No no question, sir. Annabelle Noosh should be clapping hands, and so will Jamie Carr. Chances are extremely elevated. And I suppose one I'll, I'll just round off because I, I thought I, I could make a case for it based on a rebound is Hilal. Uh, uh, Hilal, that, that uh, we mentioned, of course, on Mav winning that Rupert Clark, it wasn't soft. It was it was bottomless. So yeah. if if there's a rebound, which is plausible, that uh, that second to Animo was quite real. Now, the margin wasn't real, point two. Animo's yes. got a big class edge on it. But if he brings his best and rebounds, there's a plausible case for him to be in, the, in contention. Oh, for sure. This is another horse that is there and is capable. I, when I look at the mile profile, my only reservation was this, and, and – but there's a, there's a, there is a plus side to it. It's only got a 1.4, but when you look at the structure of that run where it pr- produced that, this is going back, Ralphie, to October 21, over 1,600 metres, and you have a look at the structure of the race. It went 3.2 lengths below benchmark first section. Probably that big move in the mid-race, the surge to go plus 5.1, may have softened it a horse more than what it should, because you look at the, the de-acceleration in the micro splits, you see it come right to its peak in terms of speed between the 6 and the 400, then you start to see the velocity drop. It loses 2.1 lengths between the 4 and the 2, and then over the very last 200 metres, it just completely capitulated, even though it won the race, right? So there might have been just that overextension in the mid-race. Now that the horses, they they do get older and stronger, Ralphie. They learn to cope a lot better. Their whole cardiovascular setup allows them to hold more oxygen. And maybe now this horse is at a stage where it can probably cope with that type of movement better and have a you know not a tying up in terms of its stride and its overall you know balance of conditioning. So I actually gave this horse some respect. A fringe player. All right. I know you don't like telling stories. Is it? Is it just about? I wish I win. Turning up and, and being if he's at his best, it's 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 a win. If we don't have anything, you know, stupid happen between now and Saturday morning weather wise, this is just another race where you're really going to the to the window before you need to, unless it, <laughs> unless it stays in the gate. You know, like these things can happen, Ralphie. I've seen of course strange chaos theory. Yeah, I allow twenty five percent of that, so that keeps me in check, but. 
it's sort of the day where they're actually giving you the money in advance. <laughs> well, we love that. We love yeah. that. That's what we're here for. Yep. And hopefully that uh, – and, and by the way, historically, this is the day for it, Caulfield Giddy's Day. The good horses win. We love that. Of course. <laughs> And then uh, Spooky Witch, well, we've got another favourite, but it's not odds on uh, in Zapoteo in the last race. Um, 1,200 metres, I assume they'll probably use a bit of the track if it is softer as expected here. Um, she was, well, I was going to say she was terrific winning last night. Of course she was in winning, but this was a very unusual race shape. It was under uh, after the deluge really hit. Uh, were we watching a barrier trial or a race? Well, this is it. You summed it up beautifully. Absolute barrier trial. I mean, are you kidding me? 9.7 below. That's already soft. But then I love it when they just said, let's just really slow down and we'll work out who's got the biggest engine over 400 metres. They slowed down another three lengths between the eight and the four. But the good thing is what this horse has done is put a marker up this prep. And we like seeing that. What did they do first up, Randwick? Yeah, okay. So if we look at the from a first up point of view, Ramwick, there it is, 2.5 above Ralphie. Fantastic performance. Loved as well. And it wasn't off a really fast pace. So in other words, still had to build and be super aggressive over the last 400 metres. That's the sign for me. The way it closed out that last 400, I compared it to its past run lines. That was just fantastic. 5.5 above last 400. Beautiful. Giving the big indicator that this horse's comeback supreme. So there's, there's got to be a fair level of confidence here. Of course, it's uh, it's race right the morning before the race day, so we'll uh, we'll give give final thoughts tomorrow. Uh, I, I see why you've got another reward second on the uh, on the totem pole because uh, in South Australia uh, last prep in uh, in March, uh, best of the day, and then followed it up at uh, same track and distance, but even better. Yes, yes, for sure. I love this horse's profile for. For this distance, Ralph, these are good trainer on the day. That first up run, I mean, have a look at that. You, know, we, we, you could see again. Just look at how powerful the last four hundred meters was. It was very strong. It didn't break benchmark, but it, from my perspective, it was as good a run that you could get from a race shape point of view. Ground conditions wise. I have no doubt that if we're sort of talking in this S5 sort of range, the horse should have no problems handling. And he's the type of runner that I'm expecting a really powerful run and should run up to that Morpherville profile unless we sort of get, you know, big downgrade. And and I'll just finish off because it's it's very it's a point worth making here with Sarah Des, given particularly given she's about, you know, mid-teen odds. Um She's come through Caulfield 1200 on the same day, but she took on the uh, the open sprint. The relevance here isn't the uh, isn't whatever notional class figure. It's nice and it's simple here. The early speed, she had to go five lengths faster than Zapatello and another reward, five, six lengths faster. Yes, yes, did have to do that. And, of course, that has its uh, challenges when you're confronted that. Probably the blowout in the end was probably a little bit too much, but they're coming from a stable that I have no doubt that this, this is a race that they're – obviously targeting it's got a very very strong profile of 1200 meters and it's a it's a slight technical gamble about whether you can make that elevation and put yourself all the way up to 1.3 right now i'm not i don't want to say that it can't do that because it's so lightly raced i like to give them the benefit of the doubt from a performance betting point of view of course if you're wanting to be keen on this horse you probably just got to downgrade your betting you can't be as aggressive that's all 
And we better finalise with uh, with Churath, only from a from a real class perspective here. Always hard to assess them when they haven't had to jump out publicly, and here it is, first up for 210 days. There's an either or. Her, her real talent at 1,400 is, is quite quite uh, on show and and uh, of a good level that uh, she showed uh, August, September last year, but uh, didn't quite put together last prep. Now it's going to be able to come at a reasonable level. What's your expectations? Well, I just went with the expectation that, by and large, you're going to have to at least deliver what you did first up last campaign, and that was above benchmark. So just by that sheer nature, that puts his horse in the top four or five, Yep, knowing that it can do that. And it's got the other big tick. It can handle wet ground, Ralphie. So am I missing anything? No, 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 definitely not. Is this another race that it, it does look the obvious? It is, but I feel that just the price is a lot not as generous. This is where the bookmakers have got it wrong. They should just give us an extra point and a half. Right. <laughs> just for Zapoteo, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, to sum up with, uh, if you've just got our Friday package, tomorrow we will still update your these four races for you. We we always want people who are good enough to to uh, put their faith in us to get the best experience possible. Obviously, there's going to be rain today at, uh, at Caulfield, and that will give us clarity. So if you've bought the Saturday uh, upgrade package, of course, you'll get every race tomorrow as we go through the final edition race speed profiles. But if you're just getting the Friday package, we will still update it for you tomorrow because, we, as I said, there'll be scratchings and, a, and a, some clarity on the track conditions. Uh, thanks so much in the meantime, though, for getting our preview of the Caulfield Quaddy Legs for Caulfield Guineas Day.